Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Good Humans Podcast with me, Cooper Chapman, chatting to the world's best about the inspiring stories that got them to where they are today. What's going on, you good humans? Welcome to episode 119 of Good Humans Podcast with a very special man by the name of Lewis Huckstep. I learned so much in this episode, so you guys are going to love it as well. I'm sure you will. Big thank you, as always, to our sponsors, Drinker Rapper. These guys have been supporting my brain and so many of yours for a very long time now. The neuroscience, all backed by the best neuroscientists in the world and also clinically studied by them to prove that this product works. Short-term brain performance, long-term brain focus. It's basically a little purple, blackcurrant-flavored energy drink that's going to make you perform better short-term and have better brain health long-term. If you want to learn about the science and what goes into these 100% natural product, you can find it all on drinkarepper.com, the website. Look for the science over there. Or if you want, you can use the code GOODHUMAN and get 25% off all the products over on their website. I know you're gonna go, you guys are going to love this stuff. I use it so much. So many of my audience use it. And yeah, I'm sure you're going to love it too. You can also check out Coles or Woolies. You can pick it up in the cold drink section. Look for the purple glass bottle with a big A on it. It's epic. All right, today's episode, Lewis. Oh, I was lucky enough to jump on Lewis's podcast a few months back and learn all about the work that he does in um, entrepreneurship, building businesses, and just really inspiring people to get the most out of themselves. He has some incredible stuff when it comes to neuroscience and different tricks and tips, how we can take the best care of ourselves. I loved hearing all about his journey, how he got into it, building gyms, and just having a real crack in life. Such a special dude. I got so much out of this episode. I know you will as well. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor. Go and hit five stars. Leave us a little review. You can respond on um, Shopify, I mean on Spotify on every episode now. You can also on Apple Podcasts leave a review. Or you can just hit five star. It takes one second. Or just hit that like or subscribe button. But the best thing you can really do is to share it on your Instagram story or tell a friend about it. If you got something out of the episode, share it with a mate. That's the best thing we can do. So let's jump into the chat. I loved it. You're going to love it too. Welcome to Good Humans Podcast, Lewis Huckstep. How you going, mate? Bro, I'm good, man. It's uh, It's been inspiring watching you, <laughs> to be honest, oh. and seeing you going all, o- all over the world. And um, yeah, it's uh, and it's a pleasure to be here and hopefully add some value today. Likewise, mate. It's um, yeah, I love watching the work that you do and the figures that you post about the clients that you're helping, and yeah, it's it's really interesting. Maybe to kick it off, uh, what do you do, man? I <laughs> I don't know if coaches or uh, I I think we're kind of alluding that with you, like getting clear on what it is that you do and where's your angle and where's your niche. But man, I love helping people. That's the simple answer. Uh, I love helping people understand and reveal their truest, authentic self, unlock their potential. Generally, that will show up in um, relationships that will show up in business that will show up in whatever I guess areas they're doing um, the a rising tide raises all boats so man I help people yeah unlock 
release all the limitations that they've adopted and picked up through childhood, through their upbringing, through trauma, through beliefs, just anything that's weighing them down. And it's dancing between the sort of energetics, the spiritual, but also the practical. Like mm. there's the, I was, I was speaking to someone, um, I think yesterday, um, and there's like this, some people are like super extreme to the right where it's like business, sales, marketing, systems, processes. It's very sort of like, high level business, um, business yeah. yeah very like money figures and then there's just sort of energetic people where it's like all about manifestation you levitate off the ground and manifest a ferrari and i personally believe it's a blend of the both yeah. it's been energetically the best version of you and healing through your your shit and your stuff um while having a strategic plan and executing in the world that we live in so hmm. that's kind of me i don't know no, <laughs> i'm no, getting no. better at articulating no that, no so. it's 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 hard to tell people what you do sometimes yeah. especially when you do something that's unique and like we were chatting quickly before um before we're recording was when you're trying to do something kind of different to anyone else you don't really have a blueprint to follow so you're kind of just trying to piece it together yeah piece it together and add value where you can you've been very curious to dig into the drinker rapper which is sitting in front of us so these guys sponsor the podcast brain performance drink all backed by neuroscience i've had a few of the um lead neuroscientists on the pod actually super fascinating stuff but all clinically proven now to benefit your brain. I forgot to put these in the fridge, so I've got a cup of ice for you. Oh, so mate. I'll give you a little cheers. We can pour them in the cup. Cheers, and my man. You can have a little cold. So it's like a New yeah, Zealand neuroberry. It's a black currant, yeah. um, obviously, as you can see. But, yeah, all natural, no caffeine. Um, yeah, it's fucking delicious. It smells um, like those old juices, those old... It's like thing. Robina. Yeah. Kind of looks <laughs> that's what everyone kind of relates it to, but have these ones actually have science to prove that it works. So, yeah. That tastes like it too. That's good. Does yeah. Those little juice boxes that you used to have at school, man. That's um, and yeah. When I when I see brain drink, I'm in. So that's it. Well, that's gonna keep us fired up for the day. But the other question I do open all my podcasts with is the same for everyone. What are you grateful for in this moment of your life, man? Um, grateful for that. That tastes really good. <laughs> I'm very grateful for that. Um, man, grateful for opportunities. I've been um been working a lot on myself lately, um, personally, professionally, and just having some awesome opportunities come come my way. Whether it's this podcast right now. Some awesome clients coming through the pipeline. Um, I've got this mentor that I'm working with to help me piece together my business, like we were talking about before. So, man, just grateful for growth, grateful for opportunities. Um, and, man, I'm grateful to be here. Beautiful. I love all of it. Well, I'm excited to get to know what brought you here. So, we're going to rewind all the way back to the beginning. Yeah. Learn a bit more about your story, about your upbringing, what shaped you to be the way you are. What shaped you to be the way you are? What, yeah, what shaped you to be the way you are? Fuck, my brain's not working. I need another sip of water. <laughs> um, but yeah, so let's go back to the beginning. Where were you born? Where'd you grow up? What do I need to know about your childhood that shaped you to be the man you are today? I was actually filling out a, um, for this mentor I was just referring to, I'm filling out like sort of your, your story and your hero's journey, your story and all that stuff. So this is fresh this morning. Perfect, um, let's go. I, I was born on Norfolk Island, so not many people know where that is to start with. It's between Australia and New Zealand. It's a tiny little island. Uh, put it on your maps, on your phone for people who are listening. It's really small. One and, of my best friends that I grew up with, um, just bought a place there epic cool very small very small world man yeah. so i think the population is like 1500 people like people aren't allowed to be born over there anymore just because the lack of medical like uh support over there so oh. um one of the one of the last people born there so that's a weird little achievement i've got um <laughs> and man i was diagnosed with asperger's adhd and autism when i was younger so had a lot of pain and struggles around mental health around uh clarity emotional regulation come from a volatile emotionally volatile upbringing through mum dad fighting uh pain around money um 
I guess with the gift of Asperger's, I struggled socially to connect with people and still something I'm working on. I still get a little bit socially anxious when I go to, uh, to parties, not, not so much today coming to see you cause we'd met before, yeah. but even when you were coming to mine a couple months ago, yeah, when you came over, like yeah. I, I felt a little bit un- uncomfortable. So it's still something I'm still working on. Um, I found a, I guess, an outlet through sports. So I love sports, played everything I could get my hands on. Did you grow up on Norfolk? Grew up on Norfolk, went between there and New Zealand for a bit. So my mum's a Kiwi. My brother and sister and mum were born in New Zealand. Me and dad were born on Norfolk. So I'm actually a Kiwi and an Islander, but I look nothing like it. Don't wow. sound like it either. So I'm actually Cook Island, New Zealand and Norfolk Island, which is kind of Australia. So yeah, a bit of a weird little blend there. And yeah, went between Norfolk and New Zealand uh, for between sort of ages of born to 11, 12 years old, came to Australia, sorry, when I was 11, so 11 years old, went to Townsville um, and we'd come from an island where like surrounded by water, it's beautiful temperatures, you can swim in the ocean, then you go to Townsville, it's hot as fuck and you can't swim in the ocean, so Mm. that was a bit of a weird contrast, so we didn't didn't last there too long, lasted six months and then came down to the Gold Coast, um, mainly for sporting reasons, Um, I was relatively good at sports, rugby league was my my forte Um, and yeah, came down for to, I guess, chase the sporting dream and obviously be successful because there's very limited opportunities over on that island and um yeah man went through schooling um was contracted with the brisbane broncos when i was 12 until 15 and then i was contracted with the titans from 15 to 18 and then 18 i kind of had injuries dislocated knees um lost the passion for it and that's when i sort of get got into business and then i went down the business rabbit hole and then that's that was what nine years ago seven sorry eight how old are you now I'm 26 now, so started when I, I was. Se- wrong, um, started when I was 17. Um, and gonna, we're going to go back and talk about high okay. school for a bit because yeah, cool. we're just going to get dragged straight yeah. forward, which yeah. is great. Everybody does this, yeah. but I want to get to know a bit more about high school. You said <clears throat> you were pretty heavily into rugby league. Yeah. You were chasing the sport. Did the family move down to the Gold Coast because of your sport, or was it kind of the family move? Did your whole family move together to the Gold Coast? Mum and dad broke up pretty young, so they were always civil they still talk to some degree to this day um but uh they it was always the kids they always look what's best for the kids and my sister she's older i think she's how old is she she's 33 34 i think um so she i think had already she was in university she's a lawyer Um, my brother's two years above me um and it was mainly for us for our school endeavors and our sporting endeavors so whole family came down um Mum was a mum's a prison guard, um, and she was a prison guard in Townsville. She she has since transferred to the Gold Coast or Brisbane, kind of. But yeah. she lives on the Gold Coast, drives to work every day, and um, yeah, and then yeah, so came down mainly for sporting reasons, but academics and obviously just yeah. have opportunities for yeah. life. Amazing! Wow, I bet your mum's got some stories. She's a funny. She's funny. <laughs> she's yeah. she acts tough with us, but um, nah, she's a she's she's a sweetheart. I love my mum. So um, yeah, she's got some funny stories. Love so. that. So how'd you find school? Moving to the Gold Coast, starting a I guess a new life as a kid. You got your older brother as well. Yeah. How'd you find school? Where'd you go to school in the Goldie? Uh, I went to Marymount um, Primary for year six and seven, and then went to PBC. So that's where the oh, sport. Yeah. That's where obviously the rugby league kicks oh, into right. it. Um, that was that was fun, but uh. But if you go back to the Asperger's, socially struggled to make yeah. friends. I went to five different schools, <laughs> so that made it, it was kind of like trial by fire. And it's yeah. like it was it was good, it was challenging then, but it, it did teach me a lot of social skills. So yeah. even though um, I sometimes feel like it's something I'm still working on, a lot of people compliment my communication skills and be able to create a culture and a community when I get to the gym chapter of the of the journey. Uh, so it was still painful. I remember 
uh, when I came to Marymount. So we came down, it was year six. Um, I, I cried on the first day of school. Like I hated it, man. It was so overwhelming, overstimulating and it was it was challenging. And I just remember Aaron Pook, I, he, I, ne- I just remember it because it was so um, pivotal for me. It was my first day and I, I was just like crying at school in, at lunch. And he just came and said, hey, you want to come play touch footy with us? And I was like, oh, and I had a footy background. It's like, oh yeah, I'd love to come. And then for, like that day kind of tore it up on the, on the footy field. And then all the footy boys said, oh, come hang out with us. And that was uh-huh. kind of the journey. So I always had sort of sports and my athleticism as like the acceptance, yeah, the, sport yeah, the the foot in the door to connect with people and make friends. So, um, yeah, and then to high school um, was enjoyable. I, I did enjoy school. Like I, I did struggle with some subjects because some subjects I just didn't really enjoy too much, like history, English. Love physics, love biology, love um, love obviously sports, PE. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed I enjoyed school. Like I, I'm not someone like I fucking hated school. Couldn't yeah. wait to get out. I, I did enjoy Sounds it. Sounds very similar to me. And um, Matt I had some really incredible uh, teachers at that school, uh, McManamum and Zimo in particular. Um, for any PBC Reds that are listening to this, and they were incredible. Like they would. I remember Marco in particular. He would meet me at school before school and train me because PBC is. It's it's. Big I think it's a school. it's a pretty yeah. rough school. Um, our first week of year eight, there was a fight at school for the first 10 days of school. And it's like year eight, we're like, fuck. And like some people, I've come from a private school. Um, not that I'm sort of that pro- poshy private uh, get up. I've come from the island, but it was like, fuck, I was like, I'm not a big dude. I was yeah. quite a skinny little dude back then. I was like, fuck, this is full on. So um, the teacher actually used to train me Muay Thai before school for free, tutor me with my subjects because wow. I was doing a lot of academic with sporting. Like I was training sometimes one to four times a day, whether it's like before school, during school, after school, and then doing like relatively hard subjects like biology, physics, mass B, OP English. Uh, so I did my diploma in fitness through school as well. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed school, but um, yeah, definitely challenges, obviously socially. Um, dating was challenging, like connecting and, and making juggling, friends. playing like <clears throat> what you said for the Brisbane sort of development squad for yeah. the Titans development squad that comes with so much to juggle. Yeah, it's Good on you. What about when did you find partying and girls? When did that? Man, that wasn't, um, I think because of social awkwardness, I kind of like maybe skipped a lot of that, um, which is a blessing and a curse, I guess. Sometimes I didn't Sometimes live. in that footy culture, though, can yeah. drag you there pretty quickly. And that's, that's it's like definitely dipped my toe into it. Um, like I remember our grand final, what year was this? I would have been under 16s or something. We won the grand final for Burley Bears and um, and yeah, all the boys were on the bus and like I think it was the first time I had a drink and like had a couple of drinks and get hammered, but like some of my mates started to sort of get yeah. into that culture. Um, went clubbing, Byron Bay, we were talking about that first. That was the first club I went um, club i went clubbing to got a fake idea to do it of course um and i think i went clubbing like five times like i just i, I it was fun like mm. the, you get drunk and you enjoy yourself but next day you're hungover as fuck money like i never enjoyed spending money on that type of shit um but yeah i uh probably i guess to answer your question probably around that sort of 14 i was uh, <laughs> i always if you've seen the movie fight up by any chance it's like a cheerleading it's yeah, like a yeah, cheerleading yeah. movie there's a there's um <laughs> the two main guys there's a brunette guy and there's a blonde guy and it was we kind of looked similar so i was the brunette guy and my guy was the, my mate was jake was the uh, blonde dude and he was the over charismatic overconfident um but bit of a bit of a prick at the same time and um i was like the super sweet super nice one and we me and him kind of um tag teamed with like connecting with girls getting invited to parties and having fun so that was sort of around the age of 14 and onwards. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm grateful I didn't go down the rabbit hole too much with partying and drinking and all that stuff. I do definitely have mates now that unfortunately have, have done that. They're selling drugs now. They're unfortunately got sort of 
sucked into the to that mm. world. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I'm grateful I didn't go too far into it. No, it sounds like you got a great head on your shoulders, and from a young age, it's really cool. So let's talk about that chapter: finishing high school, making the decision. Rugby league's not for me. Yeah. How was that decision to make? I had the dream. This was the dream back then. I wanted to be a high school teacher because of those great teachers I had. And then to be a personal trainer during the holidays because I like training, like sport, make more money. I thought that was like fucking awesome. I thought that was a good setup. I didn't understand entrepreneurship, training time for money and all that stuff And at this point. And uh, I just started to, I wanted to get my, I wanted to get my foot in the door for PT and started to set that up while repeating year 12 to get to university. And I applied to all these gyms. They all said, nah, nah, you know we don't want you don't have any experience i was like how the fuck do you get any like uh, how do you get started right yeah. so um i remember i had a trial at jets i went to anytime fitness f45 um globe fitness and they just all said no i kind of like gave up and then a friend in my class who um because i repeated year 12 she was, so she was a year below me and she got a job in a gym and i was like how the fuck do you get one like if you can get one why can't i get one go. yeah so i was like fuck it let's go again um it was on gumtree and it was a gumtree ad for this place called plc and i called the dude up his name's scotty and i said hey man look i don't want any money i'll work for free can i just come get some work experience he said yeah come on down and um mad that was like the start and, and that, that was in year 12 that was in year 12 and repeated year 12 so yeah, i would have been wow. turning 18 that year and man, I went down and it was literally like, man, it was like a, uh, I don't know the square meterage, but it was tiny, like 80 to 150 square meters, tiny, just concrete floors, no equipment. It was all body weight stuff. There was like, you know, those matting, mat, matting you get from Bunnings for like your gardening. Yeah, <laughs> it was like that, yeah. that gym's fucking mats on the ground. Um, and there was one class a day and there was between zero to like six people that would come to it. So it was nothing. It was like, yeah. it was like a shed. Um, but Scott, who uh, became very much my first mentor, he was into the self-development. He looked like he was doing quite well financially. And it's like someone who had was supporting his parents, who had a lot of freedom, had a lot of impact, was well-spoken, is like became a mentor for mine. Mm. And then he introduced me to Tony Robbins. He got me into the self-development. Um, I started the network marketing journey. So that it was the model back then was a gym, get them down for group fitness, but get them on the supplements. That was the model. So mm-hmm. it's like there was a gym that was secondary to the supplements. So you get them in for a free trial, sign them up for like 20 bucks a week to come train. But the goal is to get them on supplements and build your Herbalife team and your network oh. marketing team. So that was the model back then. I didn't know the shit back then. Obviously, yeah, yeah. it was just naive to the world. But yeah, that started. And in that period, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad and about like trading time for money. And I just got accepted into uni because I repeated year 12 to get into it for teaching. I read that recently. Yeah. And it's just you learn about trading time for money. It's like trading time for money is the stupidest fucking thing ever. Like <laughs> well, I've kind of, yeah, I think I listened to one of your YouTubes before you came in. Yeah. You were talking about the guy hits a hammer on the thing that fixes a million dollar problem yeah. and charges 100 grand for yeah. it. And they're like, oh, it's like, well, you can keep going with yeah. the million dollars a day problem. Yeah. yeah so. Uh, so that was huge for me. That was pivotal for me. So I dropped out of uni literally. As soon as I finished the book, I just dropped out of uni. I said, hey, I'm not coming. Just like I got accepted, just said, hey, I'm not coming. Uh, and then, yeah, that just, man, that was the floodgates and just went into, I worked for free for two and a half years and Scott made me pay a gym membership <laughs> to go there. So I paid for a job because I was paying for like the gym, but I was building my network marketing business through it. So that was kind of the So setup. you were working for free through them, but then the clients that you were talking to and training for free yep. you were being like hey you should also try out these and you were getting paid through yep. the yep. other side so. which also paid everyone else though because it's the network marketing setup so it was um yeah it was it wasn't a great model because it didn't last yeah. um but yeah that was the setup I thought so. those models always say that like once you get to here forever it's all uh- <laughs> and it's it's there's truth to it but like you look at um a friend that we we're talking about before um morgan that we were talking about it's like um, without going into those details, it's like you build it up, but it doesn't sustain unless you've got like 
10, 20 years of depth on there. Yeah. Um, there's people I know that are making a couple hundred grand a year doing it still and do absolute fuck all, but that's like very much the 0.001%. But yeah. the um, So you're doing that. You're about 20 now. You're starting to get that going, yep. making money through Herbalife, yep. but working for free at the gym. Yep. What's the next chapter? You started some gyms, huh? Yeah. So um, that gym, so PLC Burley was the first one. Uh, Scott, um, he... We were getting to Kerwin Ray at this time, so Kerwin was a big part of this chapter. And um, we went down and did Kerwin, and we learned about planning and executing and structure and all that stuff because we were just winging it. We were just, like, having fun. We, we had a blast. Like, yeah. we were just having fun. These young dudes just excited to change lives, make money because we were having epic testimonials. Like, our results were beautiful. They were really, really cool. From the training. From the training. Yeah. And obviously, the supplements were tied in, but yeah. obviously, the community, just yeah. good energy, good positivity. We did some mindset. I was doing some mindset training back then, yeah. back, like, Back at the start. What and sort of education did you have for that? Were you sort of the stuff that you were learning through books, through Tony Robbins yeah. and stuff, then giving it back to yeah, people? Just yeah, just regurgitated. Conjugative information. Yeah, yeah just what, um, yeah, what, what I learned, what we I applied. And um, yeah, just um, just teach what, what I know. Uh, and he then said, like, I want to franchise this. So this is where, like, the sort of supplement started to take a backward step and the, the gym model was like, this is a profitable model. Like, you yeah. can get... 100 members 120 50 members break even then the rest is profit and you can get 200 300 400 members you can yeah. make hundreds of thousand of dollars off these things and yeah. you can hire yourself out it was very naive at the start so i'll uh, i'll get to that but yeah he decided to go to brisbane open up the second one um in brisbane plc northgate and he sold me half of burley so i bought burley when i was 21 um and that sort of started that and it was this was very naive very Through, like your herbalife money you'd saved yeah. up a bit of money to yeah and, um, and also got a loan as well. So yeah. got a loan and he gave it to me very cheap. So that it was very much yeah. like I'd obviously work, paid for a job for yeah, yeah. three or two and a half years. So uh, he gave it to me very cheap. It was 30 grand just to get to get half the gym. Um, but then naively, uh, and we had some issues like landlords, we had to move two times. Like mm-hmm. we had to move overnight. We had to literally close one because um, we had issues with landlords and have cancelled approval. We had to close it like friday night and open monday morning the next one so like big weekend stressful and just man living on low battery mode just wasn't Mm. sustainable just wasn't it wasn't a real business man and uh scott who i love i love scotty and he's just very like what's next what's next what's next what's next and it was just built on sand and he said hey man let's do a second one oh let's open up a second one and like this place was kind of breaking even making a little bit of money uh, and he's like man let's open another one i'm like okay yes and i was just a yes man i was like uh, i didn't have that sort of like filter uh, filter and understanding and self-worth and boundaries and everything and i just said yes to it said, fuck yeah let's do it and then like literally the next day we're looking for sites like and so i then opened up a second one at 21 this is plc kumara and i opened profitable built it up to 200 members within 12 months i was literally taking sessions in burley one in the morning kumara in the afternoon so you're running the business and coaching as well doing everything man and then uh, and, and during this, we'll do more Kerwin Ray, learn about leadership, about hiring, about systems and all that stuff. Um, and we, like, this is funny, like funny and illegal, but we all, we were like not paying anyone for so long because network marketing was kind of the, the uh, uh, loophole that we were exploring. Like we didn't have to pay any wages. So the business model was really cheap because they were making money and working for free to take classes, but then making their money through Herbalife. So it was like a very cheap model, but it wasn't sustainable yeah. for, obvi- for obvious reasons. And yeah, so I opened up the second one and, it just uh, and it, I I made it work. Something I've I've whatever I've committed to, I always make it work, even if I sacrifice myself personally in the process. And 
yeah, got that to 200 members in 12 months um, and then started to hire people, started to learn a bit more leadership. The people that were running the Burley one were my Herbalife team. And there was Rachel, who was a huge piece of that that journey. She stuck, credit to her, she stuck around and she ended up buying the other half and we got into business together. And then there was a point like I'd hide myself out of the business and like, and it wasn't growing, but it was like kind of like, I, was, I still had to sort of do a bit of work to yeah. keep it from sort of going backwards. And then we went to, um, we were in a ski trip together in New Zealand and um, we're just there for a boys trip and um, we we're literally high playing Monopoly and Scott had opened another studio, but it was, and I didn't realize how shit it was at the time. And he's like, and I had bought 25% of it. So I owned 25%. He owned like 75%. And he's like, hey bro, like I don't want to run the gym. Can you, I'll give you my shares, but you got to go you got to go run it. And I didn't even look at the cash flow, didn't look at the debts, didn't look at the team, didn't look at the clients. I said, yep, let's do it. I didn't think about it at all. Mm. I got there, literally got off the plane, drove to the studio to check it out. And the manager who was, I think in his 40s, was having an affair with a like 17-year-old member. The other two trainers were leaving like in a week or two. And the business was losing about 3,000 bucks a week. Wow. And it's like, and- I didn't even have the self-worth to say, hey, I'm not doing this deal. I, like, I said, yes, I'm going to do it. Like, yeah. that wasn't like, oh, hang on, this is fucked. I'm not going to do this. So I gritted my teeth, went through that. Uh, along that journey, I hit a breaking point where, because I had like three businesses on paper that were all, like, I owned them, but they're all like kind of just doing okay. Mm. And I, and it was, a lot of it was reliant to me. Yeah, I was taking how'd you go with like accounting and back end and fucking all this uh, back end stuff managing all that must be gnarly at 22 23 yeah so i was 23 when i got the third one um so i bought the 25 percent, and then i was the full i guess yeah. the proper owner when i was 23 we are, we had good accountants so accountants were, yeah. were good in that sense we, we had a good team when it came to the legals and finances it was just the naivete around like what it really takes to real, build a real business like proper culture proper leadership proper systems knowing your numbers back and forth it was just kind of like because we'd winged it the whole time and we took some bad habits out of network marketing into traditional business it was um yeah it was just building a, a house on sand and i hit a breaking point where i like literally broke down in tears because i was so stressed so overwhelmed my my nervous system was fried and i ended up just giving the coomera gym so because Scott had sold his shares to Rachel at this time. And uh, so it was me, but me and Scott were 50 50 at Coomer at the new one and uh, the second one. And I just gave my shares away. I didn't even sell them. I said, man, I can't handle this. This is too much for me. You have it. You have the business. So I pretty much gave away an asset that I'd built up. We'd paid off all the debt and then we we're finally profitable. Then I get to give it away. Uh, I was just, I was just hit a, hit, hit a breaking point. Mm. Uh, and then I went through COVID for two gyms <laughs> and that like, fitness industry got fucked. Like, obviously, a lot of people got hammered in uh, COVID, but yeah, it was challenging. Like we had to do Zoom workouts, work. It was so, man, without going down this rabbit hole, like we'd literally run sessions at the where the roller door is, we would be standing on the mats in the ro- inside the gym and the mm. clients would be in the driveway training and that was okay versus them coming to the fucking gym where it's, <laughs> it was so stupid. So um, but yeah, so went through COVID with two gyms. That was very challenging, but obviously very growth orientated as well. Yeah. Uh, so learn a lot through that. And along this, in this period, man, I got clear on my purpose, what I love, what's for me, not what's not for me. Learned to, I was always investing into mentors. I had a leadership mentor, business mentor, yeah, talk to me about that. That's something that I'm curious about. Talk to me about the impact that different mentors along your journey and self-development experts have had on you because I feel like a lot of people look at them and go, ah, whatever. Yeah. But you can obviously see the impact, the profound impact it's had on you. 
what do you who's been the I guess you can't say the best because yeah. I'm sure you've learned different things from different yeah. people but yeah, well said. who have been some of the most valuable <laughs> ones and why should somebody look into getting a leadership coach or yeah. um yeah somebody in this sort of realm of coaching beautiful and like I said this morning I was literally typing this out like one of the questions were who were your top mentors yeah. and what you learn from them so if I had to say not he came later, but if I had to say who's had the most profound personal transformation on me, it would be Dr. John Demartini. That's more like a personal, what's your values, how to heal, how to process, how to balance your mind and be grateful and forgive and love and move on. But from like a leadership aspect, probably Kerwin. Kerwin, I, I say Kerwin, he has his mastermind, which was life-changing. And I just call that, a, I just say it's an apprenticeship for business. Because it's like people, like you can obviously go study uni at, at business, but you don't know until you're in the trenches. Like you, like when you're dealing with people, when you're dealing with fucking culture problems, when you're figuring out lead generation with the modern day ways of generating leads, not reading a book from fucking 20 years ago. It's like that you learn that from being in the trenches and Kerwin just speeds that up. So Kerwin was my apprenticeship for business. So Kerwin was profoundly impactful from a business perspective. And when you say mentor, people go, oh, fuck, how do you get someone like that as a mentor? These are just paid programs to be a part of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah pay for him there's obviously and don't get me wrong i started on youtube like yeah the first videos i started watching was um tony robbins i remember the first video was about how to match a mirror and build rapport and for someone who struggled socially that was like mm. finding fire i was like fuck this is amazing and yeah. then i was like went down tony's rabbit holes watching all his youtube videos but like like the people listening to this this podcast is for free there's so much like podcasts this was what 10 years ago didn't really exist back yeah. then maybe joe rogan was around and i didn't know who that was back then and yeah, there's so much free resources today, which is awesome. Obviously, what you pay for, you pay attention to. So yeah. at some point, when you're exchanging that energy of money in return for the service, you are going to value it more. That's mm-hmm. that. At the end of the day, you will. So, um, but yeah, Kerwin was... Is there any self-development courses you've done that you regret because the cost wasn't worth it? Is there, um, many, or is there many? Or do they do the positives outweigh the negatives? Of- yeah. like uh, I like Alex Homozy where he says like, self-growth or breaking through it's like building a bridge from one side of a lake to the other or lake of lava and it's like say it takes 100 bricks to get from one side to the other it's like you might go to do a course and that might give you 30 bricks Mm. you won't get the result but it gave it's like he uses um mass as an example if you didn't do fundamental mass from year one like one plus two or what addition and subtraction you'd never be able to do algebra yeah so people i know i'm guilty of this discounting the earlier stuff yeah, but you if don't it wa- know what you don't know yeah but you if it wasn't for the earlier stuff you wouldn't be able to comprehend the sort of more high level of stuff so um there, there, there was definitely some i didn't see the value in um mm. we mentioned one a pitchathon i've been to some it's just like a pitchathon and the yeah. people are just trying to sell their shit the whole time so i've been to one jack delosa he's a huge shout out he's been he was one of those many mentors um I, I did his program the entourage for i think two years that was really awesome he had an event last year it was about this time last year 12 months ago 49 dollars two-day event lunch was provided and it was two full days and it was fucking in mate like purpose values organizational structure limiting beliefs for 50 bucks i was like mm. this isn't the, the food's worth more than 50 yeah, bucks yeah, wow. um but i've done some where you pay a couple hundred bucks and it's fucking shit and yeah. when i say shit like it just wasn't the right alignment for me and mm. it wasn't for me um but yeah it's it's you don't know what you don't know like you said so. no i think it's great it's something that i um I, I was saying to you off air as well before i had another guy whose episode would come out by now morgan nelson on 
by the time this episode comes out, I would have gone to his event and it's something that I want to open myself up to more. I think yeah. it's important to drop the ego of like, oh, not I know better. It's not an ego thing for me, but it's kind of like, it's almost like this little pride thing that I'm holding on to that it's like, well, I haven't done much training and yeah. education in it. Yeah. So it makes yeah. me feel it's like yeah. imposter syndrome yeah. thing almost. But I'm at the stage where I'm like, well, I'm not going to be able to scale if I don't fucking talk to people who know. And as for someone, you'll probably, I'm sure you run into this all the time with um, family blockages and self-beliefs. Yeah. I know so clearly, and I know my dad's going to listen to this, but I know so clearly where a lot of my blockages come when it comes to business growth and finance. Like I tell my dad last week, like, oh, I'm getting ready to like try and employ a few people. And he's like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. And I'm just like, I didn't realize, but now I'm like, that's where my fear and my awesome. reluctance, but then there's all these other people around me who've got businesses with heaps of people in them. Like, yeah. why am I scared to just employ one or two people? Yeah. Like. And I understand because my dad's never like had employees like, and that's yeah. nothing against him. It's not that you need employees to be successful. He's yeah. very successful. But it's his limiting beliefs and his idea of what building a business is. I need to not think about that. Yeah. And I'm like learning to unlearn that at the moment, that's which awesome, is man. a big blockage for me. But I'm sure that's probably something pretty similar to what you deal with with clients quite yeah. often. Yeah, that's, uh, that's some of the work I do. So, yeah, it's just understanding what's got you to where you are won't get you to where you want to go. So mm. every... Every belief you adopt did serve you at some level. Otherwise, you wouldn't have it. So I'll use um, one for me. So that the Jack Delosa event I just mentioned, so good synchronicity. So I I went to that event and we did an exercise of living Tim beliefs. And it was good because I teach this and it was cool to see someone teach it back to me, yeah. like to be the student again. It was really cool. And it was like, what's your biggest limiting belief? And you do some introspection to sort of dig within. And I came up with the, I don't know. That was actually my belief. I don't know how to. Like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. And it's like, well, how you say, what, what's the downsides to rewire a limiting belief? You link a lot of pain and negative to that belief. But you also see how that belief has served you because you would have picked up whatever belief you've got at some point in your life because it did serve you. So what were the benefits of that belief to me? It helped me be a good student because if I don't know anything, I'm going to listen to the teacher. Mm. It helped me make friends because I don't know anything. I'll ask you a lot of questions. So you like me and I'll be a good friend. So it helped me make friends. Help me connect with my dad because if my dad, I don't know anything, my dad knows everything, I'm going to be a good son and connect yeah. with my dad more. So it, was, it served me. But um, and a, and then you find a you destroy it so you put heaps of pain you do visualizations on it this is stuff that I do and then you come up with the expansive belief which is what's what's a reframe of that belief everything is um everything is learnable mm -hmm. I, er, everything is figure outable is the belief I've taken on so I don't know but everything is figure outable Google know, YouTube yet. whatever it's I don't know yet. yet there you go <laughs> uh, and that's such that. an easy little one that you can whack on there but a key part to distinguish is you need to take care of the benefits of that negative belief. Otherwise, you'll go back to it. Let's use smoking. So if someone smokes, the only reason they smoke is it serves them at some level. Stress, social anxiety, so they can step away and take a breather. It connects them with their parents because their parents are smokers and they feel connected with them or whatever it may be. So if you just say stop smoking and do yoga and... Oh, well, that's actually the answer. Just jump to it. Just stop smoking. You're not curing the reason they're smoking. It will be stress. Well, how do you get stress and how do you cure or take... Um, deal with stress in a healthy way. It could be yoga, could be breath work, could be gratitude, could be many things. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you, how do I still take care of that benefit of making friends without that limiting belief? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm a lot more evolved than I'm whenever I adopted that 20 years ago. So it's like being able to put myself in the room with the right people where I don't have to put myself down just to connect with someone. Yeah. So it's just making sure you appreciate why you adopted that belief you then destroy it by linking all the pain to your past, present and future without, if you don't change, 
why did you actually pick it up in the first place and then just linking benefits to the um, more empowered and expansive belief? Mm. But that, I love that, all that. that. that kind of I, I, me. No, that's amazing. I think it's such a... So I think we just don't get taught as kids. I, yeah. I read, I, I think I read it in uh, Dr. Nicole Perez, yeah. the holistic okay. psychologist, yeah. and she talks about the fact, and I love this, that she goes, you're not your thoughts. That's kind of one of the first steps you learn in meditation and you do any meditation courses or schools. You learn very quickly that you're not your thoughts mm-hmm. or you getting in meditation or self-development anyway it's a pretty common early adoption but then she went on to talk about the fact that you're not your self-beliefs either they've been adopted from somewhere so it's not you it's just something that you believe yeah and when i started to think about that i'm like oh yeah true that means you can change it means you can adopt but yeah it's it's i love all this sort of stuff like self-development it's so interesting you mentioned burnout it's something that's so apparent for entrepreneurs i think entrepreneurs obviously are so eager to make it and be successful and make money yep. and make impact. Yep. Yet a lot of us don't know when to slow down. What's been your balance yeah. when it comes to self-care, self-love, but also having that drive to be a successful entrepreneur? Beautiful question, man. And the when I was sort of you asked what I do, that's kind of that's one of the sort of uh, challenges that shows up a lot with what I do. So um, I loved I love speaking about it because I was there, like I was doing the three gyms. Yeah, exactly. That's what I learned. Nervous yeah. system was fucked and burnt out and not happy. So um, there's a couple couple facets to it. The I love the line: "Don't become so broke all that you have is money." So it's learning to actually not be so attached and obsessed with the accumulation. This comes down to ego. Wayne Dyer is a great mentor if anyone wants to go down his rabbit hole, the late great Wayne Wayne Dyer. And he has this analogy that sort of proves this to me. We had a bowl of water in front of us and I said, man, put your hands in that bowl and grab the water as hard as you can Mm. and give as much energy, grab it, push, stress your way and grab that fucking water. The harder you try to grab the water, the more it avoids you. So that becomes the analogy or the mirage that people are chasing. I'll be happy once I have a million bucks. Because you get there and then you realize it's not filling that void. And now it's not a million, it's 10 million. Mm. And then the mirage just keeps keeps going and you become so broke all you have is money because you're just chasing this external status, achievement, accumulation in the belief that's going to fill the void. That's not going to be, that it's, un- mm. it's a thirst that's unquenchable. So there's the part of understanding that like you are whole, happy, full, exactly the way you are right now. And then understanding what your values are. So I talk a lot about values. I don't think I've ever done a podcast without actually mentioning the word values. Me too. Uh, I'm so, the values guy as well. So, That's my keynote. So um, so the way I, I, I teach values and, and understand values, and it's slightly different to some people, it's values are like when I say, what, what are your values? People say about you. Freedom, honesty, loyalty, respect. For me, those aren't values. They're characteristics and they're character traits. I love freedom. I said, um, I value freedom. I said, if you had ultimate time and financial freedom, what would you do? I'd travel, so you value experiences. I'd hang out with my family, so you value family. I'd go to the gym, so you value health. And they actually list their values out. Values for me are areas of life that you do. You do your values. You live to them. You think about them. You talk about them. You spend money on them. They're actually areas of life um and when you understand what yours are low self-worth is feedback that you're not in alignment or you're not prioritizing what your values are and if you just snip that out and listen to that or rewind that understand what your values are live to them and you'll be amazing so if you're lacking self-worth if you're burnt out you're just not prioritizing the other buckets you're just got all in one i kind of use the visual of you've got like uh, a ladder of cups and the high, the higher the value, the more it needs to be filled up for you to be satisfied in that area. Like you and me have a high value on learning. We love learning more than the majority of people. So you and me, if you did no learning for a month, two months, six months, how would you feel? 
silly. You'd feel silly mm. and you do it for long Guilty. enough. Guilty. Yeah. You feel shit because you're just not putting yourself first. Yeah. And then um, I don't know. We don't know each other super well. I'd say you value health. Well, obviously you do because you're drinking this stuff and you you look after your health. So the exercise I get people just to sort of hit at home. Think of what are the core areas of your life that you value the most. And I have a free training on this. It's on my podcast, episode 200. I do a free training on this just because people don't know how to actually do it. So I just show them how to do it. And, but just for example, think of the top three areas of your, your life. In my case, it's coaching, it's learning and it's relationships. So they're my top three. And what are they for you? If you just had to give off the top of your head. Um, I reckon I'm just trying to think because this puts a whole flip on what my value, yeah. what, what, what I, the way I view value. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, for me, relationships. Beautiful. I guess like my, my business making yeah. impact. Beautiful. Though. Yeah. Um, and yeah, my health and wellness. Beautiful. Pretend your relationships, your health and your business was turning to shit. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Not amazing. <laughs> and you do it for long enough. You feel shit ass. You feel I, this ties into depression. Yeah. I have a formula for depression. I actually did a podcast on that the other day, um, and that's the first one. Low self worth is feedback. You're not prioritizing your values. If whenever you say you have to, you ought to, you got to, you should, you must, someone is projecting their values onto someone else. If I say you should go play more video games because I like video games, mm-hmm. they're fun, and I say you should go value video games and stop doing your business, and you do it and you feel guilty, speak guilt is feedback that I'm putting you're putting someone else's values ahead of your own. Uh-huh. So. Um, I don't know where this came from, but I don't know where yeah, we're going to this no, topic. No, we're just talking about um, how to like balance self-care with burnout. making sure with burnout. Yeah. yeah. So to, to solve burnout for me, know what your values are and live to them. That's as simple as it is. There's other parts like health. Like obviously, because some people won't value health, but for me, val- health is kind of like you its own. You won't value health until you do. Yeah. It's yeah. like, what's yeah, the cost of not- the farmer or the yeah. doctor. Yeah. Oh, love it. I haven't heard that one. That's good. That's very good. That's so good one. You can use uh, it. I sell it from someone else. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So health for me is a pillar of it. Some yeah. people do value health and they just love training. They love going to the gym. They love looking after their health. Um, so there's an exercise that I link benefits to doing the thing to getting what it is that they want. That's how you turn the need for motivation into in- inspiration. But yeah, so if you just prioritize your values, that's literally it. Know what your your values are, your purposes, your vision and live in alignment with it and you will feel fucking incredible. Love that. This is going to tie into that question a bit. For being a young entrepreneur myself, I guess, failure, something that happens a lot. I feel like I'm pretty good at learning and dealing with it. But for a lot of people, they fail, they give up. How does someone who's a young entrepreneur might have some low self-esteem issues stay resilient through the failures that are inevitably going to come with building a business yeah man great great question man so uh similar to john d martini that uh, said it's like it's how do you balance things because it's like uh, there's so many quotes on this like failure is a lesson in disguise or you, you never fail you only learn or you win or something like that it it's life is actually giving you everything you're asking of it if you wish for a beautiful relationship you won't be given that straight away if you're not worthy of it you'll be given the the lessons you need to learn so you're ready for that relationship which Mm. might be in the form of a shit relationship to teach you boundaries so everything that is happening you're actually asking for it if you ask for patience you're not i I think this is like a stoic a stoicism quote or something along the lines of that where it's like if you wish for patience you won't get given patience you'll be given an opportunity to practice patience Mm. if you get given wealth you won't be given wealth you'll be given opportunities to practice good financial habits 
don't go out and blow your money on shit you don't fucking need mm. or have financial pain to give you the fucking lesson, which COVID was for a lot of people. Where it's like, if I didn't have a safety bucket back when COVID, I would have lost all the gyms. But I had, I think, a hundred grand in a bank just as a safety bucket because I'm, I'm like risk averse. I always want to have a safety bucket there. If it wasn't for that, I would have lost all the gyms. Yeah, so it's wow. like I, I, I learned that lesson a couple of years earlier, which I'm grateful for through Kerwin Ray. Um, but yeah, so for people that are going through it, just until you, until you move on, until you actually dissolve it, you'll actually keep attracting it, and that's something that I'm really passionate about. Is it's like whatever you put energy into expands. If I say, don't look for the yellow bus, what are you thinking of? What mm-hmm. are you conscious of? What are you attracting? So if you're still holding on to that failure, holding on to that person that fucked you over, that did you wrong or parents and this, this ties into trauma and all that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But in, game, yeah. And, and if you hold on to it, it's the thing that you're holding on to that's weighing you down. So it's actually learning how to dissolve it. I have a process of how I do that, but it's actually learning to see how it's actually served you. What are the benefits of this? What has this taught you? How is this how is this helping you fulfill your purpose? How is this helping you fulfill your vision? Mm. And that's a very head heavy way of healing. Uh, I know that wasn't necessarily the question, but that to deal with failure, see how it's serving you. See the lessons. You repeat problems until you learn the lessons it's there to teach mm. you. So learn the lessons from it. It's like you 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 may or may not know someone who's like this, but some of my mates still are doing this. Like you get into they get into a, a bad relationship, they break up, it turns to shit, and they just blame their partner. And they get into another relationship, same fucking thing happens. It's like... <laughs> the shit that they're doing, not the shit the partner's yeah, doing. Yeah, they're the common denominator. It's like they're attracting this person with different faces to teach them a lesson that they're not learning. And mm-hmm. it will... Like the universal- Until you start taking accountability. Like I, I say maturity is when you stop blaming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people that are my parents' age that I look at as so immature mm-hmm. compared to without blowing my own horn myself because I feel like when somebody calls me out on something, I have the humility and the capacity now yeah. to take it on and... Huh, how can I improve from this? Yeah. Where's the truth of what they're saying? Mm. It's like exactly that's exactly that's how I talk about constructive criticism. It's like as much as it fucking sucks. Yeah, where's the truth in what they're saying? Mm. Yeah, man, beautiful question to ask, man. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I I think that answered the question. No, no, that was good. We're gonna go back to the timeline now because we got to we, we no, this was great. I wanted to go off on a bit of a tangent and talk about some of that stuff. We will come back to it as well, but I want to talk about that next chapter. You hit COVID. <laughs> You've got two gyms that you're dealing with. You're doing outdoor classes. How much longer does that last for? And what's this next period look like, 2020 to 23 for you? I think in the time of COVID or maybe just before, just in between COVID, I think it was during COVID, I was doing a lot of values, purpose, all the stuff I'm talking about. I was really sort of learning it and diving into this content. Through? Martini books, courses, man, I'm always listening. Like I'm when I'm driving, never have music on. It's either frequencies so I can... It's, letting my thoughts breathe and, and yeah, process meditation. It's, it's just allowing my thoughts to breathe uh, and process stuff or it's um, podcasts or books. So Tell I'm me about not- that more quickly. Why do you put frequencies on for thinking better? This is something that I'm sure people yeah. listen to and be like, oh, I didn't know. I, I know a little bit about it. Yeah. Can you explain it a bit better? I, d- I don't know it well enough to explain it and teach it. I had someone ask me a similar question the other day. They're like, oh, what frequencies do you listen to? I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't know that much. They're like, I, um, I just have on YouTube... Um, I've subscribed to like 10 different sort of frequency pages, like calm frequency, loving frequencies. I don't know the different hurt levels and stuff like that. But uh, like people, like we do everything but sit with our own thoughts. That's most people. And it's to avoid it because it's generally scary. There's stuff you haven't healed and there's shit that comes to the surface. So we distract ourselves with social media, with work, with girlfriends, with problems, with drinking. And it's actually just whatever you resist will persist. And by not actually leaning into that resistance, it, it's 
it's the yellow bus again. It, it keeps coming up. So um, I, 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 I think it's a benefit of the social awkwardness. I enjoy my own space. <laughs> mm. I enjoy my own thoughts. And yeah, if I've got I, I some hot tips, whenever I shower, whenever I drive, uh, they're probably the hottest too. Or just sometimes I just say, oh, I just want to sit down and yeah. do some process and do some meditating. I just have frequencies blame. So mm. it's just uh, sometimes I go in there with no thought of what I want to do. It's just letting my mind go to where it wants to go. Because it will think about it. It will think about your values, by the way. You'll go to, like, I go to business, I go to my partner, I go to my health, I go to my learning. Because um, one of the questions when you determine your values is what do you think about? Or sometimes I go there with an intention. Like, hey, look, there's a problem I'm trying to solve. There's something that's really on my heart right now. Mm. There's something I want to sort of sit with a little bit. So, Do you ever sleep with it? I listen I, to like miracle tones through sleep. Some good. nights when I'm like struggling to fall asleep, I'll yeah. put on like a miracle tone in the background yeah. and it's like, I think it's four thirty-two. Like yeah. I say, it's like good sleep. Yeah. for like healing. That's cool. I, I again, I don't know that. I don't understand. Neither so do I, but I just the, think um, it's something. Look it up. Be yeah. a bit curious. Look yeah. up why different hurts yeah. heal us and different frequencies heal us. Yeah. Um, for anyone listening, but let's go back. You're in the car. Yeah. You know, listen to podcasts or that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's talk about this next chapter when you. Yeah. Um, obviously, get rid of the gyms and then start up the new business yeah i i in this chapter i can't remember when but i got clear on values purpose vision i was doing a lot of ego dissolving there was a day actually this um this comes yeah because i bet having three gyms in your early 20s there it comes with a bit of ego yeah. striving to make money <laughs> having <laughs> had it on my bio 22 year old three times gym, gym owner like i had the ego was in full full force uh and i remember i was 25 this is at plc burley so my business partner had come to a point. So the franchise completely went under. Um, like it's liquidate, It's going through liquidation as we speak. And my business partner was trying to sue the franchise. And I was like her business partner. And I was best friends with the founder. So I was in a fucking tricky... Oh. It, was, it was tricky for me. That was a very tricky position. And I'd come to the decision that I... Whatever it takes, I'm going to do coaching full-time. I'm fuck. I love it. It's my greatest strength. It's what I love. It's what inspires me. I want to change the world doing it. I'll and do whatever Going away from more mindset and business coaching yeah. rather than the PT coaching yeah. stuff. Because I had a vision of a goal of opening up all these gyms. Mm-hmm. I want to open up 50 gyms. That was actually one of the yeah. goals back in the day. It was just, it just wasn't me. It was someone else's goals, someone else's values. It just yeah. wasn't for me. Um, so yeah, I made the decision that, yeah, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to get coaching full time whether it's selling the gyms. And I remember I was 25, it was my 25th birthday. I was down at PLC Burley. So I'd come back to the second one because, um, uh, business partner stuff was turned into shit. Uh, and I remember it was just my 25th birthday and I'd just kind of come to the decision, I'm going to sell this gym. Like, I can't do it. And then the ego, like, was I was just doing a lot of dissolving and healing. It's like gone from 23 years old, three gyms down to two, I'm about to go down to one. I'm probably going to sell that one as well. Uh, so I was sort yeah, of doing- that feel with the ego? Does that feel like a failure that you- Yeah. Yeah, how's that? Yeah, it d- definitely back then, man. That, that's- um, yeah, that 26 was, now. <laughs> Definitely yeah, back then. That yeah. was a year ago. Yeah. I oh, like at the growth. It's two um, years ago. Uh, yeah, two years ago now. So it's um, oh, a year and a half. So fuck yeah. It does, I'm, something that's a weakness of mine is I get my timelines really like, like they kind of like oh, merge into everything. It's yeah. like, I don't know, fucking months ago. So yeah, it was probably a, a year. Oh, fuck. It's actually, yeah, you're right. So it's only a year and a half ago when I had this day I'm referring to. And then I sold that Jim Burley uh, about six months later, which brings us to kind of 12 months ago to yeah. about now where I actually started doing the coaching full time. Like, it's my only focus while selling this third one. But yeah, it was, it was challenging, man. It was challenging. It was just coming like I thought I was a failure. I was going backwards. The ego was, I guess, dissolving and, and getting hurt. But yeah, just once, man, just come back to that Wayne Dyer thing, like holding it and squeezing it. You need it. I was resisting and I was, I was, um, I was, 
uh, deterring it. So yeah, it was just coming to terms with like, this is my, this is my vision. Like this attachment to this status is like, it's the poison. It's like, it's not actually authentically who I am. Mm. And then just making, going through the process of getting to the point where I get to coach every day, man. So that, uh, and that took about yeah six months to actually sell it completely because um, we sold it back to the franchise. And now I've got this last one where it's like, it's actually running, it's making between sort of one to two grand a week profit. And I do an hour there a week and I don't even want it. Like, it's like, I, I'm trying to sell it. I'm, and you own it by yourself? I own a hundred percent. And wow. I'm, I'm selling it to someone else. Cause it's just, it's just, it's just kind of lingering. It, yeah. It's just, it's, it's a thought. Values, yeah, yeah. It's just not aligned. Like some people would say like, that's like incredible position. Hold on to it. Keep your asset. It's just like, it's just not in the vision. I'd rather sell it, get a little bit of cash out of it. And then, um, and yeah, just do this. Like what I'm doing now, I'd rather do this than have a meeting about that gym or even mm. think about the gym. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just not my thing. Yeah. So let's talk about the work you're doing now. What's, I mean, we spoke about it at the start, but what does it look like? What does your day to day look like now? Yeah. Um, beautiful man. I, I train every day. So I still train in the studio. <laughs> One of the, I joke about it, the, the deal that I'm selling it to the dude, I've said, I get a free membership. So <laughs> I, I, I get to train it for free. So uh, I train there every morning, uh, 5 a.m. So I get up at uh, 4.35. I don't know why. I think I've worked out the map of how to get to the gym on the time. Uh, so wake up uh, 4.35, uh, smash some water. Uh, we just got a new puppy. So I take the puppy with me to the gym to get him socializing and get him out of the house. Uh, train, come back. Uh, depending on my day, I'll either jump straight in because I'm in a good state. I'll film some content. So I do a lot of content and film a lot of content or I'll shower, do some frequencies, a bit of meditation. And then, man, most of my days at the moment is lead generation. And um, so I use the term fix the plane while you fly it. So it's building your product, refining your product and your service. Obviously, mine is a service while obviously doing leads, doing sales, and obviously helping the people that you're helping. So most of my days, man, is sales uh, strategy calls, which is a strategy call to see if we're the right fit, to see if I can help them. And if we do, yeah. we work together, making con- excuse me, content. I do work with one-on-one clients. I only work with five and um, they fill up pretty quickly. Um, so I've got five at the moment. Uh, I wrapped up with one yesterday. Actually, I did um, see that. It was really cool. So and maybe I need uh, to jump. <laughs> I, get, I get, man, I get goosebumps, bro. She's like, she's beautiful. Ash Kelly, you're probably not listening to this, but um, she's such a beautiful soul, man. And just to see her growth, like she was in a toxic relationship. She's a WBFF pro. She got a pro card while working wow. with me. I, I don't think I contributed anything to that. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't my work. But just like her self-worth, her boundaries, her sister had some mental health challenges and she was like, in that overstep her boundaries and like just to see her level up in her personal life her professional life man i get like inspired as fuck whenever you have tears of inspiration you are perceiving or doing something that's in alignment with your purpose Mm -hmm. so whenever you get those tears of like i feel fucking electric right now you're doing your purpose so hot tip for whenever you feel that yeah Yeah. um so yeah I, i get that when i do my coaching when i get a testimonial that's like the pinnacle of it or you see the breakthrough you see the the light bulb moment. So, uh, so I do five of those a week. Um, and I have a podcast, so I film podcast and jump on other people's podcasts and hang out with my dogs, hang out with my partner. Sick. It's pretty me. That's <laughs> pretty much me, man. I love that. It's, um, it's fucking sick to see what you build. It's like, I, I just find it so interesting. This industry of like helping people just realize that they're, they can do so much more. I feel like so many of us need that guide and need that person there that isn't, that isn't in our internal circle, that yeah. isn't pumping the tires, someone who can give it to you straight, but also motivate you and inspire you to look from the outside. It's something I did a um, session with a friend of mine, this guy, um, Rod Perez. He's going to actually, he'll be on this podcast before you come out as well. Yeah. I did one with him recently. But I'm someone who's training the gym for the last 
like 15 years as a pro yeah. athlete and then I haven't for I've been to the gym in like 18 months yeah and I went and did a session with him yesterday but we like kind of mapped out my six months goals for fitness and um well like body and mind yeah. strength weaknesses like worries blah, blah blah and just like putting it out there yeah. and like although like stuff like this quite often isn't cheap yeah it's like investing in yourself is the most important thing we can do and it's something that I'm learning to be more like if I say any like gimmick, not gimmicky thing, but anything that's good for health, I'll just like buy it. Yeah, you value it, man. You spend your money on your health. Exactly, but I want to start doing more of these courses and stuff because I feel like it's going to be a great way for me to level up and yeah, yeah move forward. But man, what's um what's coming up next? What are you excited for? What do you got at the back end of this year? How are you? Yeah, planning on wrapping up 2023 what are you man, excited about more of the same um getting better at it like um yeah I, you're only a year into this business yeah and it's very successful it man, seems like from watching socials yeah i did um i did 98 grand in a month two months ago and is that because you're a service business straight in pocket yeah pretty much <laughs> yeah it's like oh yeah like i think there's a 1500 bucks of overheads for the month so like very 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 lucrative so i love it i love it and um it's in to, get, to go from the gyms where it's like six grand a week now overheads so you're gonna make six thousand dollars and one dollar yeah. to make a dollar so yeah, it's subscription it's like blah, yeah blah, blah. Um, rent franchise fees we, it was a thousand dollars a week for franchise fees times that by three it's three grand a week plus rents average about 1200 bucks a week so yeah. like you're looking at like what seven grand a week and just, just expenses like, <laughs> so plus employees insurances well, that's why you really reached out ads where like service industry so much yeah when you don't have to have brick and mortar yeah so um What's next? Um, man, more of the same, refining it. I'm getting better. The way I articulated at the start, what, who, who do I do? Who do, what do I do? That's something I've, I'm getting a lot clearer on. I've just paid another coach. I've paid him 25 grand to come in and just refine my offer, my avatar, my pain points, or as in the pain points of the avatar, my offers, my lead magnets, my products, my marketing, my branding. Um, and we've just discussed maybe going again, like he's kind of got another tier, which is another 25 grand. <laughs> so, um, so it's 50 grand. I've kind of, kind of said yes to it. Haven't locked it in, but I kind of said yes to that. Um, and so working with him is probably going to be a big piece of my business stuff. Um, I am going to write a book. Um, I've got a book coach lined up. Um, so I've been working with her. I'm planning on once I sell the gym, use the money to sort of pay for this stuff. So um, yeah. I can just, I like paint it off straight away. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, writing a book, um, I've just signed up for an energetic healer. Um, so I'm excited to do that. So she was, I think she was like 10 grand for six months or something like that. So um so excited to do that because I do a lot of a lot of my work's very like conscious work, like limiting beliefs, trauma, purpose, values, and takes execution. Energy from you as well. Yeah. And the way of healing, the limitation with my way is like there's things that happened to us when we were six months old that mm. we don't know. You just don't know. Yeah. There's I, I haven't looked into it. I don't it's not my it's not my field. Um like there's um trauma in the womb there's generational trauma like mm. i just don't understand this stuff yeah. but that's where like i want to explore this stuff like i do plant medicines i i do mushroom ceremonies i haven't done energy healing so that's why i'm going down this rabbit hole so i'm excited to see what that brings um because mm. you don't know what you don't know right and you said that before so because I, I i whenever you're triggered when it sort of side note little tangent is um whenever you get triggered it's revealing something that hasn't been processed yet and if you can't consciously find where it is you're either got a unconscious block because it doesn't want to go there or you just cognitively can't remember it. Like, again, like I've got like little triggers that I get and you, you get triggered most in your relationship because they see more sides to you. So I know there's parts of me that 
I haven't healed through and I haven't worked through yet because I just don't know what they mm. are. So being able to work as someone who they kind of go from the energetic level. I'm not sure if you've done Reiki healing or you've gone down this No, pathway. I haven't really, but I was talking to Rod, this guy as well, about chakra healing and yeah. stuff, which he does a lot of that, about blockages. And it all makes sense. I, yeah. I think it's all fascinating, all yeah. this stuff, the holistic approach yeah. towards well-being, the holistic approach towards mental health. Yeah makes so much more sense in my head yeah. than the i guess prescribed route you're um i love your curiosity man your level of curiosity is awesome really cool and nice. yeah so i'm excited to that so that's part of it so book uh i've got a book coach i i was like been kind of writing it in the background but i haven't given it the attention that it needs and i um yeah i haven't given it the attention that it needs so i'm I like coaches because they hold you accountable. Yeah. It's like, if anything, they're just guidance, kick you up the ass, support you when you need it and get the job done. Refining my business, getting clear on my avatar, refining my products, my services, uh, helping my clients more, doing this ener- energy healing. It's a journey. I'm excited to see what sort of comes up with that. Um, selling the gym. That's um, <laughs> I'm pumped to have that done. Uh, we're waiting for c- city council. That's a conversation for later. Um, and uh, so... 1st of October is kind of the date we're aiming for to have that wrapped up. Um, they're kind of the main ones, man. Like, just keep working on me, working on my relationship with Georgia. We um, work on our level of connection, our level of communication. Uh, we do a lot of inner work with each other just because we shine lights upon each other that we haven't worked on yet. Mm. Love that. That's pretty much. Learning more. I love reading. Don't go into Gary V tomorrow. Uh, so I'm jealous. I want to come. Uh, yeah. um, just going on that tangent real quickly before we wrap up, what are a couple of your best recommended books or resources for someone, I guess, who's a young entrepreneur that wants to supercharge their sort of journey? Uh, depends on their problem. It depends. Uh, let's say they're brand new. Um, let's say someone doesn't know what their purpose is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I don't start know if there's a purpose one. I've learned it through seminars. So... You read start with why Simon Sinek. I have I read that yeah so yeah that, that that's a good recommendation so start with why um, I would say the values factor which is Dr John D Martini okay. your purpose is an expression of your highest value my highest value is coaching whatever your high let's say it's health whatever your purpose will be something to do with health and that might be mental health as an example um, so and that's just one purpose we have many purposes so uh, the values factor the, um, like the breakthrough experience which is also Dr. John D. Martini. Um, if we're going sort of entrepreneurial, that's sort of like that would do it. Let's ton. go self development yeah. now. We've got those two now. Give me just give me a couple of your books that you've learned lessons that you can't unlearn. Beautiful, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer. As I said, uh, change your thoughts, change your life. That was really powerful. Uh, Joe Dispenza. Uh, we haven't mentioned him too much mm, today. Um, Supernatural. Yeah, that. we spoke about that on uh, when you jumped on mine. Yeah. So I think I was reading that when you came over. Actually, yeah. I think I was on that book. So um, becoming supernatural, fantastic. Um, You're not broken by Dr. Sarah Woodhouse. That's all trauma, traumatic reactions, triggers. Trauma is unprocessed memories. That was a huge takeaway from that. Um, those are those are some fucking nuggets. Start with those. That, that will go a long way. Beautiful. Well, mate, I um I've learned a lot in this chat. I'm excited to continue our friendship a bit. Like you said before, we can maybe catch up for a bit of a chat and share a bit more about both of our businesses and yep. see how we can help each other. I think that's one of the most important things that most of us aren't really doing is yep. some networking. It's something that I pride myself on and you yep. gave me some props for it before um, we started recording because it's something that I think it's so important. We can learn off anyone if we're... Yep interested enough rather yeah. than always trying to share our own stuff which yeah. is um yeah super important but mate i do finish my podcast with the same question for every single guest and i'm excited Finally. to hear your answer what does being a good human mean to lewis huckstep just doing the right thing like i know that sounds cliche and kind of kind of lame but do the do the right thing like it's 
Like there's what's the right thing? And you you intuitively know the answer. Mm. Your ego tries to get. It's like I I'll use a live example. I'm trying. I'm, I'm not trying. I am selling this gym at the moment too. And he's like my best mate. Is is the manager at the studio and is is my best mate. And it's like I could like kind of like cut corners or not tell him certain things about the deal to make the deal better for me. But it's like, hey man, here's all the upsides to this deal. Here's all the downsides. Here's what I believe is fair and reasonable. What do you believe is fair and reasonable? Let's do that. Mm. Not like hide something to get an extra 20 grand, extra 50 grand out of it. It's just like, this is what is fair and reasonable. Fair fair and equitable exchange for me, if I had to define it. You just do the right thing. And you're, you're embodied, your heart, your intuition knows the answer. Your ego wants to talk do more if you mm. that that would be do the right thing i love that and i haven't had anyone answer it like that and i think it's a beautiful way to answer and it's it's funny i've always had this before i even i didn't even come up with the name the good human factory but i call it like you're in a good human yeah we all have that little voice it's like really mate yeah what's like you know so, you so like, it's like you know so it's like listen to you in a good human more and i think that's yeah doing the right thing because we all have it in us your intuition like if you look at intuition and inspired it's in spirit so yeah. it's a piece of your 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 intuition your heart's guiding you listen to it yeah. a lot of us have the ego which is the mask and the shield we have around it but when that's when you do the inner work and heal that shit but yeah like listen to your intuition listen to your heart like do the fucking right thing that's that's what i'd say man love that well where's the best place for anyone to find you this last thing um yeah if anyone wants to jump on your coaching yeah, stuff i'm sure you've got a bunch of resources on your website yeah. um your youtube i'll leave it all in the show notes but yeah anywhere Thanks, you man. want to lead people towards uh, your time man lewis huckstep across the board um my website's pretty average so as of now so um maybe not check that out um i made it then i haven't really given it the love it needs but instagram linkedin facebook tiktok youtube um i got a ton of i do a ton of podcasts as well uh, i do a lot of solo ones i just sort of teach my lessons that sort of changed my life um but yeah if you actually want to have a chat and connect instagram i'm pretty much the only person in there in the uh doing the dms so if you want to chat connect instagram hit me up and i'll say what up beauty well thanks so much mate appreciate it You're thank you, mate. that was amazing thank yeah. you bro. ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 